Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. Uh, Wonderful to have your company. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can. And uh, it's just been a nice thing. Just a nice little piece of... It's just been a nice bonus, hasn't it, to as we start to re-enjoy uh, some of the freedoms that uh, – actually, we shouldn't call them freedoms. Just the things that we uh, we used to be able to do on a day-to-day basis uh, until the COVID pandemic hit. Uh, the simple pleasures in life. As we continue to be able to reintegrate ourselves into some semblance of a connected society uh, and get out and about, it is just wonderful that the weather has been brilliant in Melbourne. It, 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 it's not everything – but it is something, and it's a cracking day in Melbourne again today. So I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can in whatever circumstances you're in, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us. It's great to have your company. Time on uh, a recap of all the major news stories of the day, all the major talking points in and around sport for the day, and this is where you get to have your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. And as I look at the temper text... Uh, never have I seen um, the temper. Uh, the, the text line can, can is an interesting place. Um, if you ever were able to do a tour of SEN, just ask to see the temper. You'll be blown away by some of the stuff that comes through, and, and of, of a wide variety of different things from different people with different um, vibes about them, so to speak. But this day, all I can see is just love for Andrew Gaze coming through, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, So they keep coming through in a major way, uh, and that is just lovely to see. Great to hear uh, him and Andy uh, back together. Uh, again and, and doing a cracking job. Uh, 1-300-736-736, the number 04-33-98-11-16. Um, I think it's been, it's been a very interesting day from a discussion point of view. Uh, in regards to a story that was in the Herald Sun and um, and a story that was broken by Ben Rothenberg, who's a, a tennis journo. And you'll probably hear a lot more about this in the first serve with BP um, after 8 o'clock tonight. But in an email from the WTA, um, Scott Gullen wrote the article. Uh, it's off the back of a, a tweet from tennis journo Ben Rothenberg, who um, is often at the uh, the cutting edge of tennis stories that are breaking. Uh, he tweeted today uh, with an attachment of an email saying, per email sent to WTA players just now, Tennis Australia has told WTA PC that fully vaccinated players won't be required to quarantine or bubble at all. Unvaccinated players will be allowed to enter, TA tells WTA, but must do 14 days hotel quarantine. This has uh, been tweeted by Ben Rothenberg. Now, since then, 
Victorian Sports and Major Events Minister Martin Bakula has said on 3RW that no decision had been made whether unvaccinated international tennis players will be allowed into the country for the Australian Open. He said it's not settled. Um, and that's been the message coming out that there's still plenty of things being worked through for the Australian Open next year. Um, he said that he had spoken to uh, Tennis Australia C, uh, Chief Executive Craig Tiley on Monday morning this morning, who had said that the vaccination rate amongst tennis players was nearly 80% uh, and rising. So this would have been a bit of a... It would have had a jarring effect to a lot of people, I think. And um, and, and without making this a debate about uh, the pros and cons of vaccination, but we have a situation in Victoria where it's been pretty clear get to a certain percentage of vaccinated people and we open back up again and people are allowed to get out and about again, those that are vaccinated. Now, this doesn't apply to people who don't, who, who have a legitimate medical reason not to be vaccinated, but for those who make the choice not to be, then there are just certain things that you won't be able to do for the time being that everybody else is for safety, for medical and for health, all those reasons. It would be, and I don't often find myself in alignment with the anti-vax group, but it would be... Uh, it would be significantly unfair to say to those people and understandingly saying to those people and rightly so saying to those people, for the time being, just going to have to keep you there while we're all here, while we get through all this. But you can't say that and then turn around and say, ah, but for you tennis players who are coming out here, we'll, we'll find a way around that for you. You just can't do that. It sends an incredibly poor message. I don't care if it's Novak Djokovic. I don't care if he's the number one player in the world. I don't care if he's not exactly telling us if he's vaccinated or not. I just don't care. Novak, if, if you don't want to abide by the rules that are in place here, then I just don't care. And I don't care if you come or not. And nor should we. Nor should we. Novak Djokovic is of no more significance... <laughs> than anybody else in this community. We don't... The success of a year next year doesn't hinge on him. What if he was knocked out in the first round? If Novak Djokovic was knocked out in the first round, then what would it matter? That can happen. It has happened before. But we can't be... And I know that there's been times during the last sort of almost two years where we've found a way for sport to be able to exist under very strict protocols and... Uh, under some rules that other people would say aren't fair because they're different sets of rules. And I can understand that, but this is a bridge too far, I reckon. Now, as we say, there, isn't, there hasn't been a decision made on this yet. Martin Pakula has said as much, um, and this is not a crack at Craig Tiley, who's done a ripping job uh, and at putting on the Australian Open year after year, and I understand that they want to make it as big a draw as possible, and I get all that. But we've got the Grand Prix coming out here where, from what we understand, it's about 98% of them and their teams, the drivers and teams, are all vaccinated. So they understand what's going on travelling around the world. And I don't want to cast aspersions to all tennis players, but it doesn't really shock me that it's only around the 80% mark and some reports have it as lower, that the tennis players who play an individual sport uh, have got about the 80% and maybe even lower. But I, we one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We just cannot see a circumstance now. If at that time when the tournament is run, that the rules are different in the state, then that's okay. But creating a completely new set of rules just to curry favour with the Novak Djokovic's of the world, that doesn't pass the pub test in any way, shape, or form. And hasn't it been good to be back at the pub?
So if you're just sitting, if you've been able to enjoy yourself over the weekend and get out and about again, uh, I'd love to hear how you put it in. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can text in 0433 Off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. I don't know if you got a chance to see Josh Giddy today, um, but we are witnessing the birth of uh, something that we think, and we don't want to put too much pressure or expectation on a young man, but get on board now. Um, be be someone who listens to a band that everybody's talking about before they really explode, and then you just look to be a bandwagon jumper. You've only got maybe one or two more games. If he turns out a performance like he did, if he keeps turning out performances like he did today, Josh Giddy against the 76ers, who are a serious opponent, they are playoff bound, and they were last year and went deep. Even without Ben Simmons, they are a playoff roster. 19 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals in 34 minutes. And how many times did he look to take on Joel Embiid, uh, who was close to MVP last year in the NBA? He was just phenomenal today, Josh Giddy. He was superb. Get on board now because you'll be accused of being a bandwagon jumper. If you don't, if you, if you aren't getting in line with what's happening with Josh Giddy, we're witnessing the birth of a, a really special player uh, in Australian basketball. If you saw him last year in the NBL, you would have seen that. Uh, and now in he, just his first three games, he's shown that he absolutely belongs uh, at the highest level. And it is, a, it is a real feather in the cap, a real feather in the cap of the NBL that this guy has come out as an 18-year-old straight into the NBA and can play and, and hang with the big boys. And they don't come much bigger than Joel Embiid. Took him to the hole on a couple of occasions. It is an absolute credit to the NBL and the standard and calibre of that league that he can step out of that as an, as an 18-year-old and step in to the best competition in the world for basketball and hang and hold his own. That, that's a, that is a great... Great statement for the NBL. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A little bit of footy news uh, as well that's being reported by Fox Sports. Tommy Morris has got this one, that delisted West Coast utility Jared Brander is expected to become a giant as soon as Wednesday um, as a uh, delisted free agent. Um, the period commences on November 3rd. Um, and Foxfooty say they, foxfooty.com.au understands that the player and club have reached an in-principle agreement that will be made official once the delisted uh, free agency period commences on November 3rd. So the Giants will get their hands on Brander um, four years after the AFL Commission stripped the club of its Murray region recruiting zone, which is where he's from. Uh, so that's, uh, that's making news. So Brander, he was drafted by the Eagles in pick 13 in the 2017 draft. He was let go. There was some interest by the Cats, interest by Carlton, but he uh, couldn't find a new home. Couldn't find a new home uh, in the free agency. Couldn't find a new home in the trade period. Uh, and clubs are now able to sign delisted free agents from November 3rd to the 10th and then again from the 11th to the 15th. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Let's get to your calls. Uh, Michael in Frankston. G'day, mate. Hang on, let me just rattle the phone around here. We've had some issues today. I don't need to tell you. Uh, Michael in Frankston. G'day, mate. Yeah, how you go, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for taking the call. Uh just on the um, this issue about the uh, the tennis players, absolutely agree um, with your views. Um, question I've got for you: the 
uh, English cricketers coming out? Do they have to be vaccinated um, to play the Ashes series? Uh, and if they don't, I also um, think that that is an issue. Um, these people, they're, they're employees. This is their workplace. Now, AFL players, um, construction workers, they've all been mandated. They have to be vaccinated to work in their workplace. Now, if these guys choose not to, that's fine. It's a choice. But they also, as you said, they should follow our rules. I don't care either. Uh, well said, Michael. And let me double-check that about the English side. I've got a feeling that I did read that they are all vaccinated, but I will double-check that just to make sure. Um, obviously, the Ashes, it's worth about $200 million uh, to Cricket Australia. So, yeah, they would want to... They, I'm sure, are getting all those I's dotted and T's crossed in that regard. Joe's in Roval. G'day, Joe. G'day, Sammy. How you going? Uh, good, mate. What have you got for me? Uh, Novak Djokovic, actually, I've changed his name now. It's uh, Novak Djokovic, yeah? <laughs> I have been hearing that one getting around. It's some sharp stuff, but thank you, Joe. Yeah. If um, My opinion is, uh, Sammy, you know what? We've all struggled here in Melbourne, yeah, for so long. No freedom, haven't been able to do nothing. I don't know why people like Djokovic and other players that don't want to get vaccinated. If, I mean, if you don't want to do it, that's your job, yeah? Find a new career or just retire. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, I'm not a big tennis follower, Sammy, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I don't mind watching it on TV. But if I was a regular goer, and I encourage all tennis goers, if, that, if they're allowed to come to our country to uh, play in this tournament, I wouldn't yeah. spend one cent to go watch it. Played in front of an empty stadium. We, went, we saw so much footy games in front of empty stadiums this year. Do the same thing with tennis, because I reckon... That sucks, mate. It really does if, that, if they allow that to happen. Yeah, and we want the event to be as successful as it possibly can be, but when you've got people that are going to be sitting in the stands saying, well, I had to be vaccinated to be here, looking at a guy that didn't out on centre court, it just doesn't sit comfortably. And as I said, it just doesn't pass the pub test. Now, we've got to reiterate, no decision has been made, but those leaked emails that um, that have been, uh, that, as I say, those leaked emails that were uh, tweeted... Um, by Ben Rothenberg, the, the journo in, in LA, um, that would have you think that it's at least on the table still. And I'm not sure why it's on the table still unless there is an idea and unless that there is a, an inkling and an understanding that by that stage um, that there will be different rules in place than what there currently are now. And in that event, if they're in line with the rules that the general public are following, then okay. But it, at the moment, they're not. And I think that's why. Um, people are having a hard time stomaching this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Shane's in Bayswater North. G'day, Shane. How you going, Nick? Good, mate. What have you got for me? Uh, just about the tennis. Uh, Dokovic, I think uh, he should have the right to, uh, you know, if he's unvaccinated or vaccinated, but he's, he's right to disclose. I mean, uh, you know, we're going on the uh, what the directives are from the state government. Um, yeah, where's, where's the freedom of choice in his decision and why is the absolute of what the state government's doing is right? Yeah, it's not really what we're debating, though, Shane. We're, we're talking about the rules that are in place at the moment and they are that if you're deemed an essential worker, so just like I'm allowed to be, I'm not sure what your work situation is, but that would be what the tennis players would come under as well, that these are the rules currently in place. Our AFL players and AFLW players and football staff, they've all been told that if you're going to be working at the moment in Victoria, then you all need to be vaccinated. If not, um, then that's a problem. 
and that's an issue. So that's a debate for another day, whether you agree yeah, with the law it, or it, not. It, it's not what we're talking yeah, about. But it's not a law. It's not a law. It's a mandate. You look up the law. You have a look up the law dictionary for the word mandate. It's a strong recommendation. It is not a law, and that's why this is all just so much. It's it's a it's a um, you know it's just been put out there as a narrative. It's not, it's but not it's a law. but Shane, it's, it's not man- a narrative. It's not a narrative. And again, I'm, and, and I don't want to be rude, but we're not, this is not a, a forum to debate whether you agree or don't agree with the rulings that have been handed down by the state government. What we're talking about here is, is the sporting lens that we're looking at it through. And that is that at the moment, our other athletes in the country are being told in this state that if you are going to go to work as footballers, then this is what needs to happen. So I understand that that's the part that you want to debate, but it's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about the fact that there's, it's still on the table that unvaccinated tennis players are going to be able to come and compete and just have to do a 14-day um, quarantine period, which contravenes. And the other thing, too, that you'd then say about that is, well, at the moment, if you've got unvaccinated workers working, you get fined. So would, would the Victorian government fine Tennis Australia or the Australian Open? But that's not what we're talking about here. Shane, though, thanks for your call. I really appreciate it. That's a topic uh, for another day and probably on another station. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Tony's in East Bentley. G'day, Tony. G'day, Sam. Uh, the problem I have with Novak and others who are unvaccinated coming into the country is the reason you get vaccinated is so a new variant doesn't develop and just the smallest chance... They come in, yes, they've tested negative and they might find out in day three in high hotel quarantine that they've got a new variant that may escape. That's the problem with international travel, is that's why you've got to be vaccinated when you travel to any country in the world, to stop new variants. And the more the variants develop, the more dangerous they become. Tony, uh, appreciate, the, 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 appreciate the call and uh, agree with the... The sage words as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Plenty more making news. We'll keep working through the news of the day and you can have your say on the news of it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Off the temper text. Uh, in the lead up to McHappy Day, Saturday, November thirteen, make sure you grab a pair of silly socks from Maccas for just five bucks. All profits go towards the help go towards helping seriously ill kids and their families uh, at the RMHC, uh, available at participating restaurants while stocks last. This is Time On SEN. Then there's the Cox Plate protest. So should it have been upheld? Should Animo have been awarded the Cox Plate in the stewards' room? First things first, what a debacle it was that we couldn't watch the hearing. What did Craig Williams argue? I've asked him to join me this morning to tell us. We were able to watch the vision on high rotation but had no insight into the evidence. So we only know half of the material we need to cast our own judgments. It was one of those incidents that on first blush, I suspect, had most thinking dismissed. But the more you watched it, the more would have been crossing the floor. The magnitude of the occasion undeniably plays a role. Jerry Whateley today, a little snippet of his monologue in regards to the Cox Plate. Um, it's still being debated, still being spoken about at great length. Um, Johnny Allen will be joining me. Um, state of rest, uh, he piloted home uh, under a bit of controversy. He'll be with me uh, 
during the Sporting Capital um, after 9 o'clock tonight. So really looking forward to ch- catching up with the Irishman. We'll put it to him, how he viewed the contact uh, between he and Craig Williams on Animo. But that was Jerry Waitley today. And uh, it would have been great, as he was talking about, to actually get to be inside the stewards' room, to understand the process. Uh, would have loved – I couldn't agree more with that – what what an element that would add um, to the the drama of, of that day, but in the end, uh, the the protest wasn't upheld, and state of rest is the Cox Plate winner for 2021. This was trainer Joseph O'Brien on drive with Gary and Tim earlier today. Uh, yeah, it was an anxious wait, all right, but uh, glad we came out on the right side of it. Well, I suppose it's it's a very special race. Um, 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 every year, um, uh, I suppose it's, I suppose in your country it's as good as as the Melbourne Cup, and and uh, um, it takes takes it's a prestigious race. It's very tough to win. Very tough to have a horse good enough to compete in the race. And uh, it's a race that you know since since uh, we were lucky enough to come to Australia, we we wanted to try and have a horse to to run in the race, and uh, um, we're very lucky this year we did. Been a phenomenal uh, training career so far for Joseph O'Brien. I think he's only about 28 years of age and he's got a Melbourne Cup winner and now he's got a Cox Plate winner. And as I said, Johnny Allen, uh, the jockey, will join me. And he's a great story too. Bruce Clark's done a ripping article and interview with him in the Herald Sun today um, and it's well worth a read just to get a gauge on the, the Johnny Allen story. And we'll touch on that with... Johnny when he joins us uh, after 9 o'clock on the Sporting Capital uh, a little later on. Uh, one 736 736 if you've got a view uh, on the Cox Plate uh, and the protest. And putting all that aside, what a race it was. How exciting was that finish? And when you looked it down the back straight and you saw that State of Rest, Animo and Very Elegant were the last three horses going around the back. And they were the first three uh, when it finished up. It was a phenomenal race. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Tony's in Bayswater. G'day, Tony. How you going? I'm good, thanks, mate. What have you got for me? Novak Djokovic. Now, I don't have an issue with him coming to Australia unvaccinated or not stating his vaccination status. Reason being... Not because he was the number one in the world or is the number one in the world. Not because he's fantastic to watch. But he is a different case to everybody else. Let, let, me, let me just put this forward. He has had COVID-19. He, he, he ran a tournament, and the tournament he ran, a lot of the players actually got COVID-19. And his body, his immune system dealt with COVID-19. His body has natural antibodies to COVID-19. He's not, he's not someone who hasn't had it. So the vaccine, the vaccine gives you, like, antibodies to the... Uh, Tony, to the I, need to, I need to jump in there because you're starting to give out medical advice. And, um, mate, people have got it more than once. So it's, it's sort of irrelevant. It, yeah, he's got it once. It doesn't mean he's immune to it now. And we can't be letting that information go out. That's, I, I, with all due respect, people have got COVID multiple times. Um, so just because he's had it once doesn't mean, oh, well, that's fine, mate. You go and do whatever you want now because you've had it once. It's just not how it works, Tony. And I, we, we can't go down that line because we've, we can't be putting misinformation out on air, mate. So we, we'll just have to try. Have you, have you got another element that you want to add? But that's not something that we can keep going down with. Okay, okay let's, let's go over a little bit differently. Can you, can you name someone who's had COVID twice? There's been multiple reports. Of, and again, Tony, this isn't what we're here to talk about. This is, this is not what we're here to talk about. So keep the conspiracy theories to somewhere else. With all due respect, we're talking about the potential 
for unvaccinated players to be coming to Australia and to coming to Victoria, where we have a very clear set of rules on what is allowed and what isn't allowed with vaccinated and non-vaccinated people? And should there be a different set of rules for tennis players? That's what we're talking about here. We'll keep the conspiracy theories elsewhere, with all due respect. Uh, thanks for the call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Craig's in Mount Martha wants to talk Cox Plate. Mark, uh, Joe, we'll come to you next. G'day, Craig. Hey, Sammy, how you going? All right? I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, um, I reckon this has got to be one of the major faux pas of, of 21. Um, you know, here we are, we've been, uh, the last 18 months, we've been in lockdown, we've been Zooming every night, every day, uh, left, right and centre. We've got audio happening all over the place. We're relying on uh, technology so much. And we can't get a, an audio or a camera into the stewards' room. Either the VRC or, uh, or the stewards or whatever have got to get a... Or Flemish have got to get a wrap over the knuckles for this because, you know, as much as sometimes Craig Williams annoys you a little bit with the way he goes on, boy, I would have loved to have seen and heard the theatre in there. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm with you. Uh, we we get the live... We, we don't ever get the, the tribunal live stream, do we? But we do get journos in there who do live tweet it, and that's pretty interesting. But I... I'm with you. Um, I would love to, for there to be a camera in there uh, to, to document proceedings and, and to, to let us in as to how these decisions come about, how they're handed down. I'd love it if we... Can you imagine how many people would have tuned in to the Toby Green case for the tribunal, Craig? Can you imagine... That, that would have rated its socks off. Well, Sammy, look, it's... It, you know, it, major, major days on the, on the racing calendar or on the football calendar, I mean, you can't afford in today's technology to miss miss the moment. I mean, it's, it comes and it goes and then it's all over and here we are talking about it um, after the fact. So, you know, you can't mess up on those sort of things and I just can't believe that happened. Exactly, and especially since... I mean, how good would it be... And I appreciate the call, Craig. How good would it be, too, if, if we found out that that some of the, whether it be the, the, the QCs involved with the tribunal case or the people that argue for and against, you know, uh, it's more the, the it, people that argue or make state the case. It's probably not, it's actually not the same in the stewards room uh, in that regard. But certainly from a tribunal point of view, how good would it be if we found out that these guys are like Alan Shaw from the practice, uh, from uh, Boston Legal? Even Danny Crane. From I mean, if it would just be the theatre of it would be amazing, especially if the the people that are arguing the point are, are great performers. I mean, I reckon that tribunal night would be get the popcorn, make sure you're at home, <laughs> the whole family are here. Uh, let's get stuck in and see how this plays out because they can get pretty heated in the tribunal. They they, they, they can get pretty fiery. So I think it would be great to see. Uh, Mark and Joe, stay right there. Time on your say on the news of the day. We're going to hear from Steve Hocking, uh, who was on SEN today, speaking to Jared Waitley. Interesting place that the Cats find themselves in. Uh, and this chat with Steve Hocking was, uh, was fantastic. We'll play some of that uh, after this as well. one 736 736 Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, welcome back to Time On. I'm going to play some Steve Hocking, uh, who spoke to Jerry Waitley earlier today on SEN in just a moment. A couple coming through off the text. Hi, Sam. I think we should invite Novak Djokovic to the Australian Open, but maybe invite his brother, Fulvac Djokovic. <laughs> Scotty in Williamstown with some sharp work. Uh, yeah, it's a simple one, isn't it? Novak's, Novak, no. 
or Novak's no Novak. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Joe's in Box Hill. Good day, Joe. Oh. Uh, good e- is it evening or after evening? Good evening, Sam. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, before I go on, I get annoyed when people say conspiracy theories because um, I heard once many years ago an investigator into the. JFK assassination said that people utter the word conspiracy theory when they're confronted with unwelcome facts. And <laughs> well, when I get happened, confronted um, with some of those, Joe, I'll, I'll take that in consideration. Uh, but yeah, as of yet, I haven't right. been. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Um, that guy who spoke about the mandate was 100% spot on. The reason why they can't make that law is because it's unconstitutional. Right, okay. Joe, I'm going to cut this off. This is not what we are here to discuss. We are a sports station. We are a sports station. We're discussing this through a sporting element. So, Joe, it's just not a line we're going to go down. It's just not what we do on here. We talk about the sporting context around the Australian Open. So, and and people can jump up and down all they want uh, about this. And, And I appreciate you calling in and I appreciate you holding, but it is not what we are here to discuss. We are discussing this as part of the Australian Open. We are discussing this when it comes to football. We are discussing this when it comes to sport and the way in which our sporting events are rolled out. If you want to debate those things, and by all means, you can go and do that anywhere you want, but not on a sporting station because it's not what we do here. Apologies to have to cut you off. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. G'day, Mark. Hey, Sammy. How you going? I'm good, thank you, mate. Hi. What have you got for me? Pretty dicey night tonight, eh? Yeah, a little bit. So, um, mate, I don't know. I seem to think that a lot of people are looking at this whole, like, vaccination for tennis players thing from a little bit of a simplistic perspective, a little bit of a one-dimensional, one-size-fits-all sort of perspective. And I think the approach that's been taken is a little bit more of an in-depth, logical perspective. And also going by what the government's sort of foreseeing our sort of future to be coming up in the not-too-distant future. And they said, you know, COVID zero is not going to happen. It's here now. It's going to stay. We have to live with it. We don't want the hospital systems being stretched. Yep. So in terms of the Australian Open, Mark, what, what, okay, what so do you, you want to say got in super terms of the fit, Okay. So you've got someone like Djokovic, who we know is probably the one of the fittest players on the planet, healthiest. We know his diet. We know his exercise training regime. It is second to none. Tell me how Djokovic could be a threat to our health system. Oh, Mark, and if, no, Mark, that's, you're that's, killing that's me. That's you're what we're going me. on about. It's, no, you not, can't. it's not. We're going on about what we are talking about for the umpteenth time. Mark, and I love it when you call in each night, and it's always a pleasure to chat to you. We are not talking about whether Novak Djokovic has a better immune system than anybody else, therefore he should be allowed to do whatever he wants. That's not what we're talking about. It's ridiculous. We're talking about a set of rules that it currently exists for Victoria that, based on some emails that have been released in a story, would suggest that there might be a, a situation that is being considered that tennis players would be allowed in under a different set of rules. That's what we're talking about. So, Mark, I love hearing from you. I love it when you call in. But we're not... That's just not the path we're going down, mate. Thank you for the call. one three hundred seven three six. 736 is the number. Steve Hocking was on uh, with uh, Jared Waitley a little earlier today. Interesting situation that Geelong find themselves in and an interesting place that Geelong find themselves in. Um, Should they rebuild? Have they gone too far down one line? 
what will he do now uh, as CEO um, uh, of the Geelong Footy Club? Where does he want to take them? And it's a really interesting situation too. They have declared that Chris Scott, he's spoken today that Chris Scott is the man uh, and will continue to coach them and they'll discuss um, if and when the time is right about an extension and so on and so forth. But Steve Hocking, when he was at the AFL, was very much pro game opening up, free-flowing, faster game, higher-scoring game. That's what Steve Hocking's been all about and, and spoke today about how, how rapt he was to see how many goals were scored um, in the grand final this year. It's interesting now that he finds himself at Geelong where for a lot of people that's not the style of footy that Geelong have been wanting to play. So where this is going to be really interesting to see how... Steve Hocking would like and whether or not that's something that he would look to impart on the Geelong Footy Club. He spoke today uh, in regards to where they're at with their list. Um, as you're both aware and most uh, football followers will be, um, this time of the year, October is a really important part um, of, of setting up for you know your next season. So, yeah, really important work being done currently, whether it be... Um, working through the football department uh, and also just changes to uh, you know coaching positions, list management, all those types of things. So, yeah, really, really important part for every football club. Look, I think uh, there's no doubt I value talent, Tim, and I think that uh, you, know, you need to make sure that you're certainly challenging now, but you need to have an eye on the future as to, to the role sort of four weeks in. I think that we've got a little bit planted in now, in the now, and and we do need to just shift our eyes to the future, um, whilst maintaining the level you know that the club has. Like the club's been extraordinary over a you know a long period of time and challenging. But I, I, I think that you know we'll go to the draft. Stephen Wells and and Andrew Mackey. You know, we've got uh, pick 22, um, 30, 32, 34, and and 50, and there's a fair bit of interest around those. You know, 30, 32 and 34 from other clubs as to whether we can get higher into the draft. So, you know, clearly we're going to be bringing in some young talent. Steve Hocking uh, speaking to uh, Jerry Whateley earlier today and he was very big on the fact that there's nothing, it's one of the great parts of the game, Steve Hocking, about unearthing new young talent. So I'm fascinated to see what changes at Geelong. So there's going to be uh, new assistant coaches, getting involved. Chris Scott has, has been really... and, and but their, their home-and-away record, Geelong, is second to none. I'm fairly sure Chris Scott's win-loss record in home-and-aways is somewhere around 70%. But in finals, uh, and in, I think it's week one of the finals, it's around 30-odd percent. So clearly what works for them in the home-and-away doesn't quite work for them in finals. They had two really low scores. They got to 100 points against the Giants, but the other two games either side of that were incredibly low scores, um, 60 points or below. So the game looks like it is taking a change. And I think Geelong are going to be one of the most fascinating sides to watch next year because everything that Steve Hocking wanted to do at the AFL and what he wanted the game to be, that's not exactly what Geelong are or have been over the last couple of years. And that's not a crack at Geelong. That's just fact. That, that, that's not how they wanted to play. They do like a slow, methodical game where the tempo is not a high-intensity tempo. And that's not saying that they're not a hardball get side. It's just about the speed of the game. They like the speed off the game. They like to control. They defend with the ball in hand has become, uh, you know, one of the buzzwords around how Geelong like to play. 
And that's not what Steve Hocking wanted the game to look like. So I'm curious as to, to... I'd love to have been a fly on the wall in the chats that he had with Chris Scott. And I can't wait to see... Because Chris Scott's one of the smartest coaches in the game. What he does next year with this side. And, and can he do with an older list what the teams with younger lists have been able to do? When you look at how... Melbourne ran the ball and the Bulldogs ran the ball and Port Adelaide run the ball, Brisbane run the ball. What, how will Geelong move the ball next year? It's going to be one of the more fascinating parts of next season. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Simon and Lang Warren, I'll get to you on the other side of this break. Uh, 0433 uh, off the temper text. Don't forget uh, Bet Deluxe Spring Racing Specials every day. Serious betting for serious punters. Download the app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. And in the lead up to me, happy day, Saturday, November 13, grab a pair of silly socks from Maccas for just $5. All profits go towards helping seriously ill kids and their families uh, at Royal Mc, uh, Ronald McDonald House, uh, available at participating restaurants while stocks last. Uh, still got a bit of time to take your calls for time on. Your say on the news of the day. And then we'll get into the sporting capital. We'll do heroes and villains uh, for as long as you'd like to. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the sporting capital. But until then, let's keep going with your say on the news of the day. Simon's in Lang Warren. G'day, Simon. Yeah, g'day, mate. So, um... Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for ringing. I was just ringing mainly about the Joker, but uh, I was listening to the Cats talk, and uh, hopefully they don't get it right next year because <laughs> my Bombers, I want them to beat them. Fair enough. Because <laughs> my, my mum barracks for the Cats. So, But anyway, uh, with the Joker, we've lived through two seasons now of football, and my family, well, my wife and my kids, they say all these footballers... They're still allowed to play, and we're all locked down. How are they still allowed to go to the grounds and everything? And then I think with this Djokovic coming over here, I think it just puts a bad rap on the sport. If people are coming over here and not doing the same protocols as we do, then, yeah, it just puts a bad rap on the sport, and people are looking at him saying, yeah, it's not on. So, Simon, thanks for the call. Uh, really appreciate it and uh, certainly understand uh, your point of view. Uh, just off the text, so now the Geelong administration set the game plan. You fool. Never a name attached to the, the abuse ones that come through. Uh, didn't say that at all. I said, I'm wondering the conversations they would have had. Geelong's game plan hasn't been competitive in how many final series in a row now? Uh, they've made the grand final, yep, last season, last year, and then they made uh, a prelim this season. But they haven't been able uh, to get a premiership despite being in more finals than anybody uh, over the last 10 years. So what I was talking about was the fact that I'm sure Steve Hocking would have had some cha- uh, conversations with Chris Scott about what's the plan for us moving forward. I didn't say at any stage that he'd be dictating the game plan, but he would have questions about how their game plan's going to evolve. Um, that's what we were talking about there, and I'm sorry if that wasn't made clear for you, but thanks for the text, and never a surprise to see the ones that come through that don't have names or suburbs on them that want to have a clip at you, which I'm more than happy for you to do. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Always quick with a dump button when things get a little too intellectual. I haven't dumped anybody tonight, um, but thanks for that text uh, as well. You've made a rod for your own back, Sam. What did you expect people to talk about? Let people speak as it's allowed in this country and discuss it. Don't buy it. hide behind. This is not what we're talking about. You are Open up the cans of worms, not the caller. Stephen Phillip Island 
Steve, absolutely. We set a topic of conversation about the Australian Open. Um, we've got a responsibility on this station that we don't contribute to the spread of misinformation. So I can't let people get on air and talk about the fact that he should be allowed in because in their medical opinion, which they don't have, uh, they believe that Novak Djokovic's uh, immune system is superior to ours. Uh, there's, I can't let that stuff go to air. I can't have people getting on there and saying this, what the state government's doing is unlawful. We, we, we've got to, we've, we have a responsibility uh, in what we do here, and we are a sports station as well. We're talking about the sport aspect of this. And whether and you might not agree with that, and that's fine, you don't have to, but just so you understand where I'm coming from and what my responsibility is when I'm in this chair. Uh, thanks very much for the text, though. I appreciate it. Uh, 0433981116. Uh, James in Mooney Ponds. G'day, James. G'day, Sammy. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Thank you for asking. Just thought I'd... No worries. I just thought I'd stray away from that kind of political business because, you know, you can get drawn into it, but... For me, I'm just looking forward to getting catching up for a bit with my mates at the cricket and the footy and the, um, you know, tennis, whatever like that. Um, you know, because that's, that's at the end of the day what all that matters. We've been locked up for so long. You know, I just want to get out and enjoy my life and enjoy the sport and, you know, forget about all that political business. But what I was um, ringing up about, it, it's not news of the day, so to speak, but it's been developing news over the last, I reckon, six months or so with the A-League. Um, and there's been heavy discussion about, like, you know, the expansion teams like West United and MacArthur, um, and, you know, MacArthur, even though they've only been in the league for one season, they've already sorted out their identity more than West United have with all their grounds and stuff like that. Now, you know, there's there's been talks about, you know, having a, a third expansion team brought in, like Canberra United getting an A-League men's team, you know, as well as the women's. Um, you know, do you think it's too early for them to you know, be thinking about a third team um, and instead, you know, maybe putting their eggs in the basket in terms of, you know, a second division or actually sorting out West United's identity because, you know, there's, for us as Melbourne City fans, you know, that's a big that's a big thing when you don't know where you're going to travel for an away game, whether it's be Ballarat, Geelong, Tasmania, you just don't know where it is. So what do you think about that? Uh, I, I th- it's it's not a story I've followed incredibly closely, so I won't speak with any authority on the situation with Western United. But I do think that the quicker you get yourself a home ground better down, um, the, the better off it is and the easier it is to sell tickets, to sell memberships. So, yeah, I would I would be saying let's get the teams that we have all sorted and tucked away and understanding of where's home base you know, in saying that though, Melbourne. I mean, there'll be Melbourne D's fans that'll ring and say Melbourne haven't had a home base um, for however long. They're at all ends of their their um, administration setup is at uh, a few different sites, uh, but they've always had a home ground. They always know where their home grounds are going to be played, uh, home games are going to be played. So, I agree with you that you, that in the in terms of the argument, should they just put press pause on further expansion until they know, until they've absolutely locked away where every team is, where they're at, what they need. And have they are they in a position where uh, the basic things are set up? So the infrastructure of all those and look at the Gold Coast Suns had a real issue um, when in, the infrastructure wasn't set up properly for them. They're still suffering the effects of that um, to this day. So yeah, James, great point. Uh, I think it's an important thing to to get locked away for them, and um, hopefully it's an exciting A League season to come. Uh, and good luck to the city defending their title as well. Hey, that's it for time on. We'll turn our attention to Sporting Capital. Um, up next. Uh, Heroes and Villains is what we do on a Monday night. So get your calls in for that. one 736 736 is the number to get yourself involved in the Sporting Capitals, Heroes and Villains. There's a heap to get through 
Uh, even though there's no footy at the moment, there is a ton of sport that, that was happening over the weekend. Uh, get creative. Uh, let me know what you've got up your sleeve. Sporting Capital, up next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.